Fratelloni's Hardware and Garden Stores brings your Garage Logic podcast number 974, December 5, 2022. 63 degrees on this day, 21 years ago in 2001. And 14 below on this day in 1873. And now, from the mayor's office above the boathouse on the east shore of Spoon Lake, it's Garage Logic with Chris Reavers manning Technology Corner. Kenny Olson from the Krabby Coffee Shop, John Hyde in the newsroom, and of course, the rookie. Here is your flashlight king, fireworks commissioner, and the keeper of common sense, your mayor, Joe Sushir. I suppose we can get to this today on Monday Night Sports Talk, but but do you know what the Vikings are? Lucky. Mm. They're weird. Okay. It's a weird 10-2 and two team. I, I uh, it's a crazy game, Joe. And now, now, the fans are restless. They want a significant win. I was uh, reading that today. Uh, well, the fans are restless. Yeah, I just think fans, much like myself, we're just waiting for the other shoe to drop. Mm-hmm. When will Cilla, Cinderella lose her glass slipper? What? Okay. You know, Saturday the papers came late. That's I'm setting up the excuse. Okay. The papers came late, <laughs> and I uh, so I was reading them when the uh, U.S. soccer team was playing. Who'd they play? Belgium, Netherlands, Netherlands. They use the old Dutch oven trick, I think. Right, and <laughs> I, I I just uh, I didn't pay any attention to it. I mean, I was reading the paper and it was on. There was nothing to see. I forget which comedian put this out there, but it was so spot on. Oh, good. The run is over where we don't have to give a damn about soccer for another four years or whatever that whatever the timeline is. And, and one of the... Uh, I figured out what, what what's wrong with soccer, by the way. Yeah. No checking, no fighting. Right. And it's not well, played on ice. Well, those guys wouldn't last two <laughs> seconds. They're, they're, uh, they could... If, you, if they, you could deck a guy, then I'd, I'd be in. One be of the in. guys, I don't remember which country, went down as if he had been shot... Carlos Gomez style in the back of the leg. Oh, yeah. And then you see the replay. The defender from the other team wasn't within six feet of him. Well, and their big star is Pulsilic or Pusilic or something. He got disemboweled. He was like he got disemboweled when that Iran game. His guts were hanging out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They patched him together and he was playing again. Are you kidding me? (laughs) So something I read uh, Saturday in the paper, I cut it out even. And I'll, I'll uh, well, I'll, I'll, I'll do it right now. Okay. Because I just, falling wind speeds in Europe. That makes it sound as though the wind, uh, <laughs> falling wind speeds in Europe are pushing power and gas prices higher. <laughs> this is, you can't make this crap up. They're being windmilled by wind. <laughs> yeah, they're being windmilled by wind. Falling wind speeds in Europe are pushing power and gas prices higher, underscoring the heightened vulnerability of the continent's energy system to weather conditions. Uh Yeah. Uh Amid a sharp pivot from its reliance on Russian natural gas, Europe has built up large reserves of stored gas ahead of this year's heating season. That has helped ease power and gas prices recently. A particularly mild spell of weather across the continent also helped 
by pushing back gas withdrawals and keeping stockpiles topped off. So in other words, warming was a good thing in this case. Much to their dismay. Now, though, colder weather in many places is kicking in at the same time wind speeds have fallen. As though the wind is some separate entity and just decides whether to be high or low. Well, uh, the question I can't, I've got, I can't wait. I've got to ask it right now. Are they blaming uh, the lack of wind on climate change? We're going to get to that. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> now, though, colder weather in many places is kicking in. At the same time, wind speeds have fallen, bolstering demand for gas while reducing the ability of wind farms to generate electricity. This week... Wind speeds in Hamburg fell to around 5 meters a second or about 11 miles an hour, according to the weather forecasting site, windy.com. Hey, wait a minute. That's my favorite favorite website of all time. Windy.com? You've got to get that app on your phone. That is the minimum speed required for for electricity generation. So what we're discovering here is that even the wind... You know, we say, what's the temperature supposed to be? Right. We now have to say, what's the wind supposed to How be? How fast is the wind supposed to be going? Well, if it's, not, if it's 11 or under, you couldn't power a toaster with one of these windmills. <laughs> so, so 11 miles an hour, according to Windy, that is the minimum speed required for electricity generation. Speeds of around 15 meters per hour or 33 miles per hour are needed to produce maximum power generation. Wait a minute, 33, That's all, you're getting into the unreasonable range there. Well, remember Friday night here in Minnesota? Yeah. The wind was literally howling and made a howling noise. Yeah. I got to think that would have been hard on windmills. Right, right. It would have I think, disintegrated. I think they actually shut down. When I they bet they do. I bet uh, there's a yeah. certain wind level where the windmills are shut down to keep them from Flying apart. May I ask a dumb question? You may. How do you shut it down? Turn it uh, off. Well, it's got brakes. Hit the big switch. So, okay, that's what I was wondering. Does it have an, almost an emergency brake on sure. it? Sure. Right. Okay, gotcha. I did. I did not know that. The sort of high pressure systems dominating Europe at the moment tend to result in lower wind, said Evangeline Cookson, meteorologist and research analyst at Merrick's Spectron. That sounds like a spooky place. Such anomalies in wind speed aren't particularly unusual, but this one is coming at a time when European governments are observing energy use as they navigate their first winter largely without Russian gas. It also comes at a time when there is extra sensitivity among consumers and companies to soaring energy bills. Energy traders have been unusually focused on the weather because it can dramatically affect gas supply and demand. Governments and energy companies have sought clues about the severity of this winter in longer-term weather outlooks. They are less precise than shorter-term forecasts. Two of the most closely watched have so far come up with different projections for the next three months. In other words, like it has been forever for most of our (laughs) memories, winter's coming Mm -hmm. and it's going to be cold. Is that what happens this time of the year? Mm-hmm. Okay, gotcha. We're being uh, nefarious world leaders are trying to sell us on a scam about global warming, but that's only to reconfigure Western civilization 
It has nothing to do with the climate. Although fact-based, mm-hmm. for you, in 16 days, it's spring. Yes, the days will get long. Correct. Right. Uh, so we're looking for clues as to what this winter will be like. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to slip them one. Here we go. Probably cold. Okay. Then what else? Anything else you want to give well, them? Then you got to know what the wind speed is. Okay. The spell also comes as France, a key power exporter, is struggling to get a big chunk of its fleet of nuclear power plants up and running after maintenance issues. Meanwhile, hydropower generation has also struggled. River levels dropped to a multi-year lows after the continent experienced a scorching summer. Yeah, but didn't we find a rock this summer, remember? Uh, if you can read this rock, weep. And it was a, it was a rock that was... Uh, uh, uncovered when the river was so low. Oh, in, right. I think it was in Germany or Spain or, you know, one of them places. Okay. Right. And, right. and the point of it was that that river had experienced such a low volume back in medieval times that people noted it with a, uh, a rock on which they inscribe, on which they inscribed some writing. Huh. Remember, but when you have the river low today, it's caused by climate change. It's hysteria. When the river was low back in medieval times, it uh, it caused quite a ruckus in the village. They'd, and they went and hammered out some words on a rock and God. put they, it in the river. They only acknowledge history when it weighs in favor mm-hmm. of their argument. When it's convenient, yes. Right. I might, I might have something on that. There's uh, some rocks exposed in a lake that I frequent for duck hunting um, that we haven't seen in years but what's my point here? Oh, uh, it, during the Dust Bowl, this same area of this lake, they were actually seeding and planting and harvesting. <laughs> so, you know, it goes up, it goes down. This, this story in the Wall Street Journal concludes with this paragraph. The spell of light wind is underscoring a key weakness in Europe's energy infrastructure. Mm. That's the last paragraph. You know why, fellas? Why? You can't control the wind. Are you sure? And you can't control solar, which is why good old electricity, the way we've always generated it, uh, and good old gasoline has been the most reliable. Speaking of gasoline, headline in uh, today's paper, Buried, OPEC chooses not to cut oil supply. Right. As gas prices continue to fall, the coalition of oil-producing nations led by Saudi Arabia and Russia on Sunday opted against trying to stop the slide with cuts to the world's oil supply. I'd say that's a win-win for us if we like driving cars. And I would further say to OPEC, if you want to stay where you are, keep doing this. Don't cut the supply. Give us cheap gas. Let us rely on that instead of electric vehicles may i make a note quickly about um solar panels you may we we've discussed it you know for quite some time here in garage logic uh the other day i think i mentioned to you guys that i had made a drive south on the river road wonderful drive doesn't matter what time of the year it's a beautiful drive are you talking in rural minnesota sorry the uh, no the uh, right here mississippi river boulevard yeah that's i'm sorry okay so i was making that drive south towards the airport yep and um there's a beautiful home that has a massive solar panel yeah. on the corner just south Joe, of Joe and I have spoke about that on the air many times. And all that all that I could think about was how do you see the view from your home? Because uh, it's blocking everything, right? No, it's not. It's only, it's only blocking the view of East River 
um, what do you call it? Parkway road, oh, whatever it is. Okay. Boulevard. Cause I thought, well, that, that's fine. If you want to save or, you know, you want to be energy efficient, I get that, but aren't you defeating the purpose of living at such a beautiful it, part of that, the Metro? Isn't it? It's the house at the end of summit. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, for Pete's sake. At Mississippi River Boulevard. You've seen it a million times, Joe. Yes. Yeah. I got an email from Scott Nelson. I, I uh, It plays right into what we were just discussing. Joe, earlier this year, you recounted the discovery of a medieval hunger stone, which is surfaced in the low waters of the Elbe in the Czech Republic. That's right. After hundreds of years of being submerged, the now visible stone is seen to have been inscribed with the message, if you can see me, weep. You noted this, that this story should not be used as proof of climate change and that the current European drought should not be considered unprecedented due to the fact that those stones show that the waters have previously been this low multiple times over hundreds of years and that the weather has, does, and always will change. My cartoon bubble was the medieval graffiti artist sloshing around in the rising waters of the Elbe, chiseling away at this stone, wondering who would read the message in the future. (laughs) Obviously, common sense was still viable in the Middle Ages because this person had realized what goes down must go up. As a matter of record, several other similar stones have been found in and about Europe, as well as a Spanish version of a stone hedge named Dolmen of Guadalaparel. These prehistoric circle of stones have emerged and disappeared four or five times since it was discovered in a reservoir in 1926. However, this time it must have appeared due to climate change. But here is the actual point I've been leading to. A friend mentioned yesterday that he and his CP have a European cruise plan to sail the Danube, but now she is expressing concerns regarding the viability of the trip. First of all, they will have to be bussed for parts of the trip where the waters are too low to be navigable. Hardly romantic. However, the most interesting item she opined was about her concern that they might be blown to smithereens if they accidentally run into an explosive-laden, sunken Nazi warship now exposed by the low waters of the Danube. A A quick search of the interwebs with the terms Nazi warship Danube revealed many articles soaked with liberal tears that these exposed ships also provide proof of unprecedented climate change and of our planet's inevitable internal combustion-powered doom. As the story goes, near the end of World War II, in order to keep Hitler's remaining Black Sea fleet of at least 20 warships and over 10,000 explosive devices from falling into the hands of the Soviets, they were scuttled in the Danube, where they posed no threat until the current drought has lowered the water to the point where you can see some of those ships. Frankly, I would go on this cruise just to view that awesome spectacle. Yeah. Rather than seeing these items as cause for hysteria and fear, I prefer to believe that we live in an amazing world in which the climate changes and its cycles can provide, can provide us with these visible reminders of human history. But alas, Joe Biden and John Kerry will want us to pay reparations for the risk to navigation that our senseless carbon emissions have caused. One can only hope that some of these liberal tears will raise the Danube back to a safe level. Always pushing back, loyal listener Scott from Edina. Uh, doesn't he nail it wonderfully? We kind of have the same thing uh, in the United States with Lake Mead, do we not? Only it's uh, 
It's dead bodies. Right. <laughs> it's it's a scene from Casino. Pits. Right. Yeah. yeah. And Someone, you have, you're not hearing much about that lately because, thankfully, gratefully. Didn't you have a story, though, that said they were up to, was it 15 vehicles that they had? Oh, they found a lot of stuff. Uh, and I'll tell you this. Uh, you haven't heard much lately because it's been snowing and raining in the West. Really? It's snowing heavily in the Sierras. You know, that that's often what happens. Have you guys made the drive across the, the Hoover Dam? Yes, I have. Um, even though you're, it still gives me, thinking about it gives me the elevator mm-hmm. stomach. I don't know why. It's yeah. completely safe. There's not, there, There's no way you can drive off the thing, but still gives me the I elevator have, stomach. I have to admit something. I have, and I will never go over the Hoover Dam. Oh, I've done it. I, I don't have it in me. I, I, I just Kenny, I, I was gripping the steering wheel they're, they're like just, this. They're too tiny. Rails. I know, they're, but they're, I, they're I just, don't. They're too tiny when it comes to that. I know. And then you see the bridge up above where the freeway is, and people yeah. are treating it as an observation yeah. deck. That's, something's, that's not going to happen. No. Do you know that we broke the news of Gator Magnetics on this show Okay, earlier in the fall? Or was it late summer? It was I, summer. It I was believe prior, it was summer. Yeah. Prior Gator to Magnetics, the, uh, the greatest storage means ever invented, where you take the magnets around your garage and you can change your storage locations. Get this. They're in a thousand stores today. Come on. Yes, nationwide, Home Depot. That starts next week. Over a thousand stores nationwide next week. Well, that's fantastic. This is amazing. Now, you've heard me. I've been talking about Gator Magnetics. They're the amazing invention by GLers in a garage. They turn any steel surface into a place to hang and store your stuff. Anything that hangs. They're now available at the HomeDepot.com website. I'm afraid... Kenny and Home I were just Depot. discussing. I'm hosting two Christmases. I'm going to lose my Gator Magnetic, aren't I? Someone's going to steal it. Well, out then of my get garage. some more. You can get them at HomeDepot.com. Uh, America's largest retailer is carrying a product introduced in Garage Logic. That's so cool. So congratulations to these guys. These are movable hooks. It's a patented magnetic technology. They hold up to 25 pounds on any metal surface. They're amazing, ingenious. And they are invented by GLers. Here's your chance, just in time for Christmas. You can get them at HomeDepot.com. And next week, all you listers all around the nation, you'll have them in over a thousand Home Depots. But you uh, you go now to HomeDepot.com, and you can get them shipped directly to your home. Uh, they're amazing. I, I, I'm telling you, this is the way to do it because when you get sick of your storage, you just move them around till you finally have it set up correctly. They're open now. They're open now at a Home Depot near you or go to homedepot.com. Tis the season to get yourself a new system from Connecticut and, of course, my friends, at Hofferman Water. Hey, GLers, Reavers here once again for the best in the business, and that is Hofferman Water, an independent water treatment dealer. They offer sales, service, and rental, if you're in the market, for Connecticut water treatment systems. That includes water softeners, iron, rust, and odor filtration systems, and you might be in the market right now, I was a couple of months ago and went with it, a drinking water system. And that's because a new system from Connecticut can do so many things that other water softeners just simply cannot do. It's going to cut down on your salt usage. We, You already know that. But it's also going to protect your appliances. You get that new system from Hofferman and Connecticut, 
and Viola, your showers are better, your laundry is better, and of course, so is your drinking water. So please do me a favor. Get in touch with my friends at Hofferman Water today. I have been a proud customer of Hofferman for years now, and I know that you will be too because it's made an amazing difference in the quality of my water. 952-894-4040. That's their phone number, 952 952- 894-4040 or just visit their website and see everything that they have to offer at hoffermanwater.com. Hofferman Water has been proudly serving the state of Minnesota for over 50 years. Tell them that you heard about them right here on the Garage Logic podcast. Reality with a bite. The Joe Shoot show. Easy for me to say. <sighs> I I haven't been looking forward to this portion of the show because I decided to come clean with the GLers, but I'm going to do it anyway. Here we go. The 30-year-old MTD snowblower that I've uh, we've affectionately dubbed the Big Bastard. It's been struggling the last few years. Didn't you buy so, those at dime stores? It's, it's a big two-stage yeah. suit, um, and when I got it, it was brand new. But... Uh, it's been struggling due to basically joyous neglect and neglect that I would brag about. Um, so I decided to tackle it yesterday. I gave it the seafoam treatment, dumped uh, dumped the motor treatment directly into the car while it was running. It helped, but it didn't solve the problem entirely. So pulled the car. Turns out the float bowl had a pinhole in it. It was full of gas. That's what was making it run rotten. How did it get a pinhole? Well, Probably from the moisture. Why was there moisture? Joyous neglect. Years of abuse and putting it away wet without giving it a gulp led to the demise of the float. Learn from this dummy's laziness. No matter how new those cylinders are, feed it sea foam on the regular. Be a steward to your cylinders so you won't have to pull the carb years down the road. You find this stuff everywhere. Engine-related chemicals are sold. You keep a can or two in the garage so it's always available. It's good stuff. It'll help you out. Don't be the dummy I am. It's a wonderful product in a world of bad gas. It's Seafoam. The incoming House Democratic whip is Catherine Clark of Massachusetts. Okay. And she was on uh, NBC News with anchor Chuck Todd, mm-hmm. and uh, she, uh, an incoming House Democratic leader, Hakeem Jeffries, uh, said they're going to do things differently than their leadership predecessors, Representative Nancy Pelosi and Steny Hoyer. Uh, Clark is 59. She argued that her generation could bring a fresh perspective to Congress because her kids grew up being tormented by threats of climate change <laughs> and, and gun violence. <laughs> One of the biggest changes is going to be that we're coming into this in the minority, but the commitment that we have had to the people of this country, to workers, to women, to the climate, is going to continue, Clark said. Actually, she said it's going to continue on, but she didn't need the word on if she said the word continue. Uh, That means on, continue on. Gotcha. Uh, (laughs) I just just clicked on a headline for Fox News. 
incoming whip, Clark recalls child waking up with nightmares yep. over climate change. And let me tell you what it means to me coming in as a different generation, she continued. I remember my middle child waking up with nightmares <laughs> over concern around climate change. I've had, fam- I've had my family at a movie theater. When the movie stopped, my children immediately thought there must be a shooter in the theater. Jesus, you got a bleeped up family, lady. Uh, These are the kinds of experiences that we're going to bring as we continue to push to meet this moment of challenge for the American people with progress. I don't want you to do anything for me. No, leave me alone, please. A A clip of Clark's comment received mockery on Twitter with GOP consultant Michael Duncan tweeting, would snitch to CPS if someone told me this, referring to Child Protection Services. <clears throat> Former Trump White House senior advisor Stephen Miller responded to the tweet by saying, the only way this could happen to a child is if the parents made it so. Right. Uh, Clark is minority whip. Uh, Jeffries, Hakeem Jeffries, uh, Democrat New York, has been elected as minority leader. Pete Aguilar, a Democrat California, as caucus chair after Pelosi, Hoyer, and Majority Whip James Clyburn announced they're turning over the reins. Uh, Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy, who was nominated as Speaker by House Republicans last month, hope he can eke out a win with the entire when the entire House votes in January. He can't lose more than four Republican votes, uh, whatever. Okay, let me tell you something. Uh, She's probably telling the truth. Uh, Her kid wakes up with a nightmare about climate change. Okay. And she's going to do something about it. Immediately. Well, she isn't going to do anything about it. There's nothing she can do about it. Well, she can tax the hell out of us. She can tax us. (laughs) That'll solve it. And... uh, Get on board with VMT, vehicle miles traveled. Mm-hmm. But l- really, lady, and by the way, if you're 59, what generation is that? That's Generation X. That's my is generation. It? That's yeah. X? Yep. I thought okay. I was Generation X. Am I a generation or just a baby boomer? You're a I boomer. you're a boomer. I'm a boomer. Yep. Yep. She's, is, would X be the next in line? i got to look yes. that up. Okay, yep. so and there's it, boomers followed it, by the Xs. X runs right up to and through 65. The other thing, and we've mentioned it before, uh, and I have made no traction with it. I've achieved no purchase with it. But one of the reasons... You euphorians might wake up to the fact that climate change, as it is a political movement, is nothing but a scam. Is Why is it only the left that believes in it or pretends to? I, I love the earth as much as you do. I love nature as much as the next person. I don't want the planet to uh, evaporate in front of my very eyes. Why is it only the left that gets away with this pathetic scam? Mm-hmm. There's I've no, often, I, I don't get that either. Yeah. I, I I love, I just, I get up every morning and I just look outside and I just love it. I love everything I, about it. Get out in it. I mean, I, yeah. Yeah. I, I'm in the untamed wild. There's no walking paths where I go unless so, I mow them. So Catherine Clark of Massachusetts, when you tell me that your child uh, is frightened by climate change nightmares, 
I'm, I don't know what to tell you, except... Well, I wanted to expand on that, because I don't... Maybe the kid had a bad dream. No, no, no. I, I don't not believe that her child has had that, but that's her problem. Do you know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah. You've allowed that to seep into the mindset of your kid. I, I, so, can, I can proudly say, of all the kids, of the kids I used to have, not a one of them has ever brought up the climate. Not a one. Well, they get scared of storms and things like that. But, supposed but that's to. Different. I make them afraid that's... of that. So she's 59. She's and 59. I looked it up on Wikipedia. They don't mention the ages of her kids, but yeah. she does has she does have one kid who identifies as non-binary. That, really? Uh, that's beside the point I want to make. The what point if that's I want the to make, kid that has the nightmare freak out? Well, the point I want to make is my son was born in 2000. In 2001, September 11th, was the biggest fear we as parents had mm-hmm. for our then uh, one-year-old right. wondering what kind of world did we bring this kid into. Right. And sure. it was a serious fear, and we were gnashing teeth and wringing hands for a year or two, worried about that. And, and that still has stuck with me. And, and it's surprising to me that she doesn't bring that up. But I'm assuming, again, that she, some of her kids were born in the 90s. That would be plausible. In the 90s, she'd be, what, in her 30s? So, yeah, if it, like, like my son was born in 2000. He's, well, it's 22. He's 22. But gee whiz, lady, uh... A, you you can't do anything about it, uh, and B, uh, I, there is no B. You can't do anything about it. Who decides the uh, the names for the generations? By the way, I who, have who? no idea how that comes. About. I don't know, but Joe, you brought brought something up that I've been really sore about for a long time because I'm a conservative. I automatically what hate the environment. I hate the earth. Oh my man. God! I'm I worship it. Yeah, I worship it. Jeez. I'm in it every We're last day. Mm-hmm. Which is why I feel so bad that I'm I coming out of the woods the other day. Covered with ticks and yeah. cockleberries and my hands are bleeding because of the stickers. And same thing I, happened to Joe when he went golfing that one time in Tickville. Oh, I don't like golfing in Tickville. <laughs> Back to uh, our friends uh, at Our Streets Minneapolis. Oh, good. Uh, One of their wishes is to close much of 94 in the metro for a bullet and make it into a boulevard. See, these (laughs) these are people who, A, they don't do anything. They don't really have jobs. Right. And they can't for the life of them understand why it's important that other people do. Right. Because they're they're not going to... You know who they hate the most, Joe? Huh. Guys like Reavers. Why? What did I he do? He drives a long way. Oh, he I drives suppose, yeah. a long way. Yeah. Many GLers wanted to point out to me a famous quote by Margaret Thatcher regarding our snow shoveling friends. When the state does everything for you, it will soon take everything from you. Oh, that's a good one. You will then have no basis for personal freedom, political freedom, or economic freedom. Well, that's absolutely true. Uh, Kelsey also sent me a picture of what apparently was, they would never call it a Christmas party, but apparently some sort of year-end party that the uh, uh, Save Our Streets people had, a picture mm-hmm. of them. And uh, Kelsey said, have you ever seen a more depressed group of people in your life? And <laughs> They just look kind of downtrodden. They look kind of put upon, saddened. 
and what have you. The fact that they want to, would want to heap more duties on the already stressed out streets division. Chuck from Utah. Me. Paul, I, uh, I am finishing your December 2nd podcast where you again spend a little time on the sidewalk shoveling proposal. All I can say is, wow, talking about creating a problem where there shouldn't be one. In my neighborhood, the first person out in the morning will do their own sidewalk and at least one other home on each side of them. If it's me, I'll do that. If I'm late getting out, it's not surprising to see a neighbor did my sidewalk and others as well. Everyone is able-bodied and can do their own, but it is an opportunity to serve and a point of pride for everyone. If someone is struggling to take care of the snow for whatever reason, health, injury, or age, the neighbors chip in and make sure the walk, driveway, and porch are clear of snow and ice. I don't want the city to do it for me because it will take them too long to get out, and I will do a better job anyway. I enjoy knowing it's done and done right. Maybe there is a tiny area of Gumption County out here in Utah. Love the podcast, Chuck. Well, obviously he's stating a garage logic truism. There's and it's really even a true to be analyzed. It's even a truism among people who aren't GLers. Uh, our neighbor Donna couldn't get out of the house. She couldn't shovel, so Kenny did half of the front, and Pete and Janelle did the other half of the front. We were the neighbors on either side of Donna. Mm-hmm. It worked out just fine. Mm-hmm. It was just fine. Mm-hmm. We didn't have to talk about it. We didn't plan it. Uh, nobody bothered to tell Donna. It just happened. And speaking of the snow-laden sidewalks, I got a note from Brent who wants me to get walking sticks. Yeah. I don't know. You can't be one of those nerds, huh? Uh, I, I've thought there was all... He's, he's making a case for them. Are these the people that look like they're uh, cross-country skiing yes. without any skis? Yeah, he even sent yeah. a picture. Uh An unexpected benefit was that walking poles significantly aid stability in the winter on ice and snow and mostly able. Actually, yeah, I'm with Kenny. In in your case, maybe not a bad idea. Because you're good for a spill or two every winter. Oh, hell yes. Yeah, that might not be a bad idea. I mock the roommate because she'll get out on her snowshoes and she'll take those with her. And the only thing I carry on my snowshoes is, you know, a rifle. As it it gets more treacherous (laughs) treacherous about the most I need to change is to slow down to a normal walking pace and still feel stable and safe. I have not countered a day in over two years that I felt was too icy and dangerous to go walking. It is approaching double digits already this year that the poles have kept a little slip from cascading into a bigger slide which you probably recall can progress to an occasional fall. I offer this advice, which I don't expect you to act on, only because I want to keep you out of the emergency room. The next time you uh, fold up like a cheap tent while walking past the house of some <laughs> snowflake waiting for the city to clear her sidewalk, my conscience will be clear. I tried. If the force of your fall exceeds the it exceeds the elasticity in your bones and something tears or breaks, I won't be able to muster the sympathy I had for you last winter. Just saying, well, you know what? You know what he did though, Joe? Huh? He just messed with his own karma. Oh, that's a good point. Not falling down is nothing to brag about. That's a good never, point. Never brag about It's going to happen that. today, pal. Yeah. Yeah. You know, they're called Nordic walking poles. He did bounce it off his own high school-age kid 
and the kid said there's a dork factor. Yeah, uh, but right. but his response was no, they're okay. You know, I think the guy's onto something. I wonder, does he also have a holster for his cell phone? Well, I hope because not. I want to those walking sticks and cell phone holsters. I think they come at the same age. Yep. <laughs> and you know what's worse than not falling down, and sometimes even more painful, what? the half fall. Well, because I call that's, that the running fall. That's when you throw out your back. That's when, when you, you start yourself. running furiously to keep from falling. Or you break a wrist trying to oh, I've done that. brace yourself. Oh, I've, done oh, I've that. got a wrist yeah. full of steel. I've yeah. done that. Say, I've told you about our friends at Eckberg Lammers. You have. Uh, you know, another thing they do besides creating an estate plan for you that keeps you out of trouble. You know, sometimes in your family you're going to pass on the vacation property or the cabin to other family members, and that can be tricky. And they they solve that. They figure stuff like that out. They've been doing it for more than 70 years. And most principally, they can create for you an estate plan and a will. Because, look, we're all going to pass. You might be, you know, you could fall down, hit your head, boom. There you are laying in the street. Who knows how long you'll be there? Exactly. You'll be there frozen. And you got stuff you've left behind, and now your kids and Family are saying, oh, man, he didn't take his Nordic walking poles. He went down. He conked out. Now what are we going to do? We got all this stuff. No. If you have an Eckberg Lammers plan, an estate plan, it'll all be taken care of for you. And if you don't, the courts will decide for you. You don't want that. The biggest favor you can do your family is leave behind a smooth transition. And the estate planning team at Eckberg Lammers can help you make sure your estate will transition smoothly the way you want. I can't recommend it highly enough. I don't care how big your estate is. I don't care how old you are. You should get this done. Make an appointment with Eckberg Lammers and take care of this as soon as possible. 651-439-2878 or visit Eckberg Lammers at ekberglammers.com slash will. So I got a great note from Mark. Uh, this was last week, and he said, Hey, Reavers, was wondering about Rise and Shine garage doors. Did you really have them come out and just replace your garage door opener? Well, not exactly, Mark, but what I did was I went through the 29-point inspection, uh, and they did some tune-up work with my garage door because it was having you know the, the, the squeaks and the weird noises. They took care of that. But, yes, they actually added a garage door opener because when we purchased the house, it only came with one, so we had them add a garage door opener to our existing garage door opener. It was fantastic, uh, and it was done within just a matter of a couple of hours. And also, by the way, seven days a week service. They will come out to you, my friends, at Rise and Shine Garage Door. People don't realize, too, that with a new garage door itself, it's going to add so much curb appeal to your home. Maybe you're in the market for selling right now, although a lot of people might be looking. Now is the time to do it. So get in touch with my friends at Rise and Shine Garage Doors. Call them today, 651-300-3252. That's 651-300-3252. They'll come out seven days a week. Like I said, if you're not in the metro, not a problem. They're expanding. St. Cloud, Mankato, Northfield, Cambridge, they even cover parts of western Wisconsin. And if you have them come out, ask about the Rooster Club membership, which includes a tune-up on an annual basis, and it's going to waive the trip charge. CallRiseAndShine.com is the website. Make sure you set your appointment and let them know you heard about them here on the Garage Logic Podcast. Here's a man who spends hours in hardware stores, sifting through the nuts and bolts of life. 
Joe Souchere. And I'm crabby today, and I know it's bringing that carburetor into the shop. I know that's what it did it to me. Always use seafoam. Anyway, I'm not talking about seafoam here. <laughs> yeah, you know what? Use seafoam on the new BMW or Triumph you're going to pick up from Moon Motorsports. They've got the brands that stir your soul down to the very core. Uh, they often say and think that these guys that ride the motorcycles from, uh, you know, Milwaukee, that they're the most dedicated riders. I disagree. I, I think it's the guys and the gals that ride the BMWs. They're the true dedicated motorcycle riders. And uh, I don't know if you know this or not, but Moon is the longest operating BMW motorcycle dealer in the state and the largest volume Triumph dealer in the region. And both of those um, brands have exciting model lineups. No matter what kind of riding you're into, cafe, racer styling, track thrills, cruising, or maybe adventure exploring. You like going from the tar to the gravel to the trail, whatever. Both of these brands have class-leading offerings that are going to give you the ride you're after. Stop into Moon to see the latest BMW and Triumph models, or better yet, stop into the website on, on your way there, moonmotorsports.com. And right now, if you do buy that new bike at Moon Motorsports, no payments until after or until 2023, after the year is up, and free winter storage or free delivery to Minnesota locations, Moon Motorsports, uh, we're talking BMW, Triumph, Ducati, KTM, Husqvarna, Yamaha, Honda, Polaris, Can-Am, Skidoo, and Gas Gas. Find them on the web, moonmotorsports.com. Did you say Moon Motorsports is the oldest BMW dealer in the state? Um, The longest operating BMW motorcycle dealer in the state. When did Moon open? Oh, God, it was the early 70s if i remember right. i'm only asking because a buddy of mine got a bmw in about 1969 i'm wondering where he would have purchased it is what wouldn't have i been wonder here. if they were just if they were doing motorcycles then or if it was automobiles I but know. i know they're 50 years strong in monticello yeah. cool in a sign of society some gen z parents <laughs> okay what's gen z you ready for the whole rundown sure uh, Generation Z are people born between the years of 1997 and 2012. So really? My oldest would be a Gen Zer. Oh, so is my son. I thought he was a millennial. So oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. I got the rundown here. Well, how could you already be a parent? Gen Parents Z. of a Gen Zer. So your child is a Gen Zer, not the parent. Oh, some Gen Z parents, meaning they're the parents of a Gen Z. Although. Technically, a Gen Z person could be a parent. Well, how old is somebody born in 1997? 25? 25. I guess they could be a parent. They could, Joe. Sure. If they're well, smart. Anyway. Get it over with early kids. That's what I'm telling you. Knock yeah. her up in high school. Yeah, listen to Uncle Kenny. <laughs> Some Gen Z parents are, ref- uh, in fact, moms, if you're listening right now, you might not want the kids to listen to what I have to say. The Millennials, Uh-oh. Kenny, are also known as Generation Y, 81 to 96. Wait, what now? Yeah. So I got a kid I used to have as a Y? As a Millennial, or, or also so known as Millennials. What Z, were the 70s? Z comes after Y. Right. No, wait. Here's the rundown. The lost yeah. generation is born between 1883 and 1900. The greatest generation born 1901 to 1924. 
The silent generation born between 1925 and 1945, the boomer generation born between 1946 and 1964, Generation X born between 1965 and 1980. That'd be that the new whip. That's me. That's me yeah. and Kenny. Uh, Generation Y, also known as the Millennials, are born between 1981 and 1996. Generation Z, 97 to 2012. And, yeah, that's what I just said. No, I'm talking to Joe. Go ahead, finish first. And born between 2013 and 2025 is known as Generation Alpha. Catherine, being born 63, would be a boomer. Correct. The new whip. Yeah. Yeah, she's a boomer. All right. Uh, Gen Z parents are refusing to allow their children to believe in Santa Claus because they will be traumatized when they find out he is not real. Oh, Oh, my God. Uh, The hashtag Santa isn't real has been trending with tens of millions of views on TikTok as Gen Z thinks they are better than everyone else and wants to screw up Christmas. Never never fear, Gen Z parents are here and have all the answers. Some of the TikTok comments are pretty absurd. One person made a video with tens of thousands of views, let everyone know uh, that she told her three-year-old that Santa isn't real. Telling kids that Santa is real is a lie, and I don't believe... Well, so is telling them about climate change. (laughs) Telling a person that or telling a kid that Santa isn't real is a lie, and I don't believe in building my lies. My kid, I don't believe in building my kids up on a lie. Sierra McKenzie told the New York Post. Yeah, the Sierra. name Sierra. Yeah. Sierra, where the yeah. hell is get the get that Duluth? Get the Duluth out. Is that going to get the double? No. Another mother commented, I don't want to scare my children into thinking that they have to behave a certain way, that they were more naughty or nice than another child based on Christmas gifts. Are you kidding me? I use that. (laughs) It's a great device. You know, who's watching you right now? I still use it. He's 22. Come on. (laughs) You ever notice it's funny to watch kids because when they get to be about six or seven, they're really hedging bets. Yes. You know, they yes. they, they know yeah. damn well what's going on, but they, they kind of pause before they speak and say, oh, I mean Santa, you know, Santa. Right, right. Yeah. 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 And they there's this game that uh, these kids play where you hide the elf. Yeah, elf on the shelf. Elf on the shelf. Mm-hmm. I, we didn't have that when I was younger. Well, we didn't either. That's a new... Uh, that's got to be less than 20 years old. Well, it's I'm a guessing. new phenomenon. Yep. Well, I know one kid that's petrified of the elf. He doesn't want to know where the damn elf is. Right, leave him out of my life. No he elf. Ain't looking. All I hear is no elf. Uh-uh. Doesn't let. How'd the elf move? <laughs> oh, the elf also doubles as a tooth fairy. He might end up under your pillow. Yeah. Right. <laughs> the kids comes in a room and the, the poor kids. Where are you at? Where's where that elf at? <laughs> Gen Z parents are arguing that when their children eventually find out Santa isn't real, that that's traumatic. Dear God, I mean, oh, you to God. wonder why. Jeez. Honest to God, help me. Okay, yep. Uh, wow. Santa Claus has been around for centuries, and people have done just fine. We've survived. I don't see an overwhelming majority of baby boomers or millennials in therapy. Who are the millennials now? That's your uh, your Gen Y. That's huh? your people born... Uh, 
81 to 96. Yeah, they're not in therapy because of that. Other parents say they don't want to instill the fear of a Santa as an all-knowing, judging figure that will punish you if you're naughty and not nice. They would rather choose what's becoming more popular and known as gentle parenting. This is when parents try to raise kids by promoting kindness and respect rather than by threats. They're not threats, uh, young parents. No, they're just, no, it's, it's just fun. It's, it's fun yeah. is what it is. Essentially, they want to have their children be good people simply for the sake of being good. Uh, well, everybody wants that. Let's all just be nice to each other argument has also been used for centuries. And do you know what has come from it? A whole lot of people doing terrible atrocities throughout world history. Mm-hmm. I expect these parents that are preaching about not wanting to lie to their children about Santa never lie to them about anything then their whole life. If they're going to take good, the good luck with that. If they're going to take their moral high ground, then they have to do it across the board. Let's know how that works out for you. Daddy drinks because, because you, cry. you cry. Yeah. This is written by somebody named Mike Gunzelman. Uh one of my favorite quotes in the New York Post article was by child care expert and author Sarah Ockwell-Smith. She told the outlet that it is important not to use Santa in a threatening way. The idea of it all see I did it yesterday. You kidding me? I never pass up a chance. Uh, the idea of an all-seeing judge, boy, does that shut them up, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Instantly hey, works. hey, hey, hey. Who's watching you right now? You know how many days you got here? Yeah. You're down to 20 days. Who's that elf? Oh, don't say the elf! <laughs> <laughs> well, you know the bit I like to do, so because fun. nobody is supposed to touch the elf. So yeah. if the boys are acting up, yeah. I just do this. Like, I pretend to go touch Charlie. Oh. Don't, they you don't! You cannot touch him. He'll, he'll lose his magic. Right. So I don't even have to say anything. I just pretend that I'm going to go touch him. The idea of an all-seeing judgmental, judgmental mythical being spying on children is quite trauma-inducing, Smith said. Yeah, well, it's yeah, supposed but to you're be. getting paid to say that, you fruitcake. There's no surprise that so many kids cry when they meet Santa. Uh, no, they cry because they're in an unfamiliar situation, and that's what children do. They cry. Uh I, I was a department store Santa once. <laughs> Look at Jesus. No, I was. No, no way yeah. in hell. Oh, they billowed me up with pillows and everything, and, and uh, the CP brought my own kids. Oh, boy. And, oh, did I give them grief. Oh. What was the origination? Was this a bit for I, the I did it column? for a column, so okay. at, at Rosedale... Uh, I was the Santa for a shift. Oh, God. And, I mean, they had me looking just, you know, with oh, yeah. rosy cheeks, <laughs> the whole deal, you know. And so my own kid gets up there. I say, what do you want? <laughs> well, I got to have this and that. And that. I said, I wouldn't count on it if I were you. <laughs> I know what happened back in June. I was having more fun. And I, I'd ask the little girl, I said, what about you, little girl? What do you want? Oh, I hope I get this and this and this and this and this. And I say, we're all out of that. Yep. What, what's, we don't even have that anymore at the elf shop. Right. And later, uh, believe it or not, they, they made a movie on this loca- on yeah. this uh, idea called Bad Santa. Yeah, starring, uh, what's his Billy name? Bob Billy Bob Thornton. <laughs> I think at the end, I must have said, I'm just kidding, you two little hey. kids. You'll probably get what you're what you're after there. Do yeah. you have a couple of pops before you no, went on I did stage? Not. I did not. <laughs> did you pay for that one at home? Not really. Okay, good. 
Kids absolutely lose their mind when they visit the Easter Bunny as well. The Easter Bunny isn't the same watchful, all-knowing being that Santa Claus apparently is. So what's the argument for why kids cry when they see him? Exactly. It's because they don't know what the heck's going on because they're kids. Uh... I specifically remember a moment this past summer when my six-year-old niece was being a brat. Nothing my sister or brother-in-law would do was going to calm her down, and she was on a rampage. So what did I do? I said that she better be nice and stop acting like that, or she won't get any gifts from Santa at Christmas. She immediately started behaving. Is it wrong to use a mythical person as a punishment? What about parents who buy their children everything and refuse to tell them no? I find that much more troubling than believing in Santa for a couple of years. I do, too. Uh, If I could buy him everything, I would. I absolutely would. Nothing more fun than spoiling the brat. The bottom line in this particular trophy, everybody gets a congratulations mindset, is doing irreparable harm to our future generations. Parents are not doing any favors by trying to shield their children and paint the world as some sort of utopian, everything is fine place. If you don't stand for anything, then you stand for nothing, and only that allows chaos. We are seeing it in the breakdown of law and order in many cities across America. Criminals, especially younger ones, are seeing that their actions have no consequences. It starts with robbing a CVS or an Apple store and only escalates until they commit something much worse. I don't know if I would have taken this all the way up to crime, but I can see his point. Uh To take the Santa isn't real counter argument even further, I would argue, this author writes, that you have now scarred your child from being a part of what many other children are participating in. Maybe by not allowing your child the opportunity to be a child and experience Christmas and Santa, you are the one that is screwing up your kid. When the other kids are talking about Santa Claus and doing their Christmas lists, your kid is either going to hate themselves because they're left out, or they're going to be an absolute a-hole and tell the other kids that Santa's not real. Thank you. Then those kids are going to hate you. Yep. You now have a pain-in-the-butt know-it-all child that no kids want to hang out with, and you are hated by all the parents in the group chat rooms. Congratulations. Hope it was worth it over Santa Claus, of all things. That was written by Mike Gunzelman. You know, uh, gee whiz, it's just, it's just, I, I don't even know how you could get to that frame of mind. Well, and you wonder why your child's going to grow up with so many issues. This is along the lines of that's what's going to hemper their development. You know, hinder? I, I, hinder? I was never on board with Hemper, the, did you say? I think I did by accident. That's a new word, you hemper. Is that a word? No. I was yes, never on board either. with the Easter Bunny. Because we had to paint all the eggs ahead of time. And and in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, well, this is BS. Easter Bunny has never done much for me. But I went along with it because free candy. Free candy. I'm I'm playing. (laughs) I'm part of it. Yeah. I accidentally did say a a word, Joe. It's it's of German descent. It also means a raspberry. Hemper? Apparently. H-I-M-P-E-R? According to wordsense.eu, that's what that means. Hmm. Anyway, uh, my kid's pulling a Gabe. I'm fairly convinced of it. Pulling what do you what? mean? You know Gabe, rookie's youngest. Yeah. Well, he 
completely knew that it was fake, but went along with the bit for about six years because he didn't want to give up the goods. Well, right. Kelly, they hedged their bets. Right. That's what my oldest is doing, and I'm yeah. convinced of How it. How old is the oldest? He's 11. Oh, he's uh, yeah, he's got it figured out, but I he's said, not going to say a word. I said something because he's the worst liar ever because as soon as you say something, yeah, Dad, yeah, uh-huh. Yeah. But you, you, you can know, tell right Chris, away. You know, do they sleep in the same bedroom? No, uh-uh. Okay, but that they have plenty of alone time. You know the youngest one has gone to the older one and said, yeah, this, Man, this, the, whole, this, this whole Sanum thing is bullshit, uh, BS, <laughs> right? And the older one goes, just, <laughs> just play along. Right. Take the free prize. Come on, just mom's really along. into it. You don't yeah, want to ruin yeah. this. This is the best gig ever. <laughs> play along. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. That's a shame that you have these. Let me get back to this. Gen Z, and they're born when? No, no. They're the parents of Gen Z kids. Gen Z are born 97 to 2012. Yeah, so in 2012, a kid would be... Uh, uh, well, he'd be 10. My kid, I, my oldest is a yeah, Gen Z. -er. 10. I, I, still got a, have, I got a couple of Gen Zs. Yeah. We haven't broken the news to our 22-year-old that Santa isn't real. Well, and let's be honest. Yeah. Well, the, and he's still hedging his bets. Well, yeah. As far as going back to the original story, the trauma involved... For me, for my family, it's going to be worse for my wife than my two kids. Oh crap! I just had a thought. What's what? the kid born today? Alpha. Yeah, Joe. Generation Alpha. Joe. Yeah. We've got that little mini GL or smart Alec who lives with his parents now in Texas. Yeah. Well, he's oh, just no. so ahead of the curve, though. He's. Oh, I hope we didn't give anything. No, he's email ahead of time. He's older now. Play along, kiddo. Just I milk warned, it. I told parents don't let your kid listen to this part. Okay. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Are you sure you did? I, I don't did say that. that. I All did right. say that. I think I, I did do say remember that. that. Yeah. All right. I need a glass of water. You want to take a Chief. quick time out? Yeah, I do. Hey, GLers, the Garage Logic 1000th podcast auction. Yes, that's a mouthful, but let me say it again. The Garage Logic 1000th podcast auction is going to start December 9th at 12 a.m. and run through December 15th at 8 p.m. 70% off items of the retail value. All you got to do, go to garagelogic.com, enter the keyword auction. Here's a list of some of the items that we're going to have in the Garage Logic 1000th podcast auction a gas furnace from Air Mechanical, a stealth trailer from Pleasureland RV, a water heater from Air Mechanical, five night all inclusive golf vacation to the Dominican Republic from Escape With Us Vacation. The Ultimate Yard Maintenance Package from Tri-State Bobcat, Sporting Clays and Dinner for Four from Minnesota Horse and Hunt Club, and a $4,000 gift certificate from RF Moeller. How about Fratelloni's gift cards certificates? That's right, $100, $250, $500, $1,000 gift certificate towards a new garage door from my friends at Rise and Shine Garage Door. Again, it doesn't start until December 9th at 12 a.m., but it only runs through December 15th. So you've got a couple of days, but it starts on December 9th. It's the Garage Logic 1000th podcast auction. You can find out more at garagelogic.com. Enter the keyword auction. It is, but it's being pushed, right? No. Yep. It's the end of the world as we know it, and he feels fine. Joe Souchere. Jack has a good question. We call it the failed academy. He is describing the failed workplace. Oh, my. Joe, my name is Jack. Hi, Hi Jack. Jack. Hi, Jack. I'm 21 and currently work at a grocery store based in Minnesota. Okay. Okay. 
Whenever I work, I have to take training quizzes and videos that typically pertain to my job. However, today I had to watch a couple of videos on gender identity and expression. Now, personally, I don't know if I need to learn about this because I was taught to treat everyone the same no matter what. But the fact that my job is pushing this in my face seems wrong. The videos taught me all about how I'm not supposed to assume someone's gender and that we should be using preferred pronouns when introducing ourselves. But as far as I know, I have never worked with someone who is trans or with someone who goes by a different pronoun for that matter. I just thought I should bring this to your attention, that it's not just a failed academy that's failing us, it's also our jobs. Thanks, Jack. Um, He's absolutely correct. And why in the hell should some 21-year-old kid have to be uh, on guard to call somebody by their right pronoun? Bleep your pronouns. You're either a he or a she. The woke <laughs> workplace is a far bigger problem than this show gives it attention oh, to. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I was notified true. of something from a, a four-letter network that used to be affiliated with our show. Sure, ESPN. <laughs> <laughs> Every time around this year, they have a big uh, drive for the Jimmy Fee Foundation for Cancer Research, which is a really cool deal. They do it, they Let's do it annually. Let's cancer. But... Um, the letter that I saw was be, to to try to get rid of the I have it written down the cancer treatment racial inequity. Well, there's what? Inequ- there's... So apparently, depending upon what race you happen to be, that depends on what type of treatment you're receiving, which is complete and utter BS. But does not surprise me based upon the woke nature of that particular network. So wait a minute. This uh, this is interesting to me. So they're alleging that if you're black and you have cancer, you're treated differently. Yep. Oh, if that were true, I don't believe that. I don't either. I would. We've got to delve into that. I want to know if that's real. I and then I and I said, "You got to be kidding!" And then I was sent the uh, the thirty second promo in which the anchor actually said this on the air. Uh, Isn't ESPN owned by Disney? Sure, our job. Well, there's your answer. Right. Disney's too woke for its own good. Yes. Yes, it is. The and roommate I, uh, was helping out a trans person at her place of uh, business a week or so ago, a couple weeks ago. Who was? Uh, the roommate. The roommate. Who works in retail. Mm-hmm. Helping out the trans uh, gal. And uh, the gal commented that uh, the roommate treated her with respect and dignity and uh, didn't you know, give her the side eye or say anything. And... She just replied, well, you know, I've lived in Minneapolis my whole life. There's nothing you can do or say to shock me. Right. You know, you're right. just, you're, you're, you're a, a person. Yeah. You're a human being. But you me. were out the, she was out in the hinterlands when this happened. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it was over in Alexandria. Yeah. Yeah. Only because they come to us all the way from Eden Prairie, where the traveling Lymans are in a bit of a respite. And you can view their adventures and why they ended up back in Eden Prairie. <laughs> you think? You think the kids they're staying with are uh, looking at the calendar? They're looking at their clock. <laughs> Isn't it about time here? You can read it all. You can read all about it at worldwidewaftage.com. It's pretty interesting. On this day, Joe, today is December fifth. Henry M. Rice, boy, he makes this thing a lot, doesn't he? Almost as much as Faribault. Easily replaced Henry H. Sibley, who chose not to run for re-election as Minnesota Territories Delegate to Congress. 
Sibley had won the office by a narrow margin in a previous election following a heated campaign involving fur trade interests, with fur symbolized by Sibley and anti-fur by Alexander M. Mitchell, the candidate supported by Rice. On this day in 1873, 12-5, Lincoln County, named for the Civil War president, was created, having been established by the legislature on March 6 and approved by vote of the people in November. The previous attempts to rename or carve out a county in honor of Lincoln had failed to garner the requisite popular vote. Now you got a Lincoln County. Lincoln. Uh, Lincoln, Lyon. Lakwapari. Lone Oak. Lakwapari, Lake, Lake of the Woods, Lincoln, Lyon. Moral. Larry. Lakwapari. Leatherman. Lake of Lake. Lake of Lake of the Woods, Long Lake, County, Lesseur, Lincoln, and Lyon. Live in L-I-V-I-N County. And finally, on this day in 1950. <laughs> December 5th. Because this never happened before. Nope. And if it happened today, it'd be climate change. Sure. A snowstorm lasting until December 8 wow. dropped 35 inches on Duluth and 25 inches on the Twin Cities. Any casualties? Uh, it does not mention casualties. Okay. Hold on. So that was five, six, seven, and eight, a four-day snowstorm. Wow. 35 divided by 12. That's only 2.3 feet. Buffalo's going. <sighs> hold my beer. Wake us yeah. up when, yeah. you, when you get real. <laughs> Buffalo yeah. said, hold my beer. Right. Yeah. Did you guys see the thing on Super 70 Sports? Yeah, most likely, yes, Probably. we did. Where uh, <laughs> he says something to the effect that, we're all in agreement that nobody could upstage Cher in her prime. I'm, I'm sorry, uh, uh, Tina Turner in her prime. Sure. And then okay. he said, and he goes, Cher, colon, hold my beer. And <laughs> oh, Cher's, I haven't seen this Cher's one. coming out on stage, dancing on one leg all the way over, and then she and uh, Tina do a duet, and Cher just... Just annihilates yeah. her. Yeah, I do remember that, that one. Was really I not, good. I have not. Was that over the weekend? I don't know when I have to do some investigating. Cher has never set right with me, and it's her own fault and my lack of a sense of humor as a youth because the Sonny and Cher show, Reavers, you're probably not familiar. Um, Sonny was the brunt of all of Cher's jokes. Oh, absolutely. And I thought, man, is she a mean, mean person. (laughs) And I've never got past that. She just knew that Sonny was such a dweeb. (laughs) Yes, yeah. And then she went on to marry Greg Ullman. Yeah, I can't see that one. I I don't know what the deal is there. Hmm. But that's not for me to discern. I'm the mayor of a town in well, Garage Lodging, the seat of Gumption County. Fake mayor of a mythical town. And we don't have those uh, celebrity problems. No, we don't. In, uh, in GL. We got two cycle running around here. That's right. Mm-hmm. And I'll uh, tell you what. Uh, thank you, GLers. And I'm going to stay put here, and we're going to be doing Monday Night Sports Talk next. And if you'd like more behind-the-scenes footage of the Garage Logic podcast, why don't you join the hundreds, if not thousands, of others who are part of the Garage Logic Town Council for oh. just... Yes, sir? Go ahead and finish, and then I've got something. Ten bucks a month, and you get all of this wonderful behind-the-scenes footage, archived shows. It's... Fantastic. And first dibs on upcoming live appearances by the Garage Logic crew. Kenny? Speaking of Greg Allman, you have to listen to news from the Krabby Coffee Shop from last week 
where oh, our yeah. guest, Gene Hollister, told a great Greg Allman story. I'm making a note, Kenny. I gotta listen to that. It was All a right. good one. It was a good one. I'm actually proud of it. <laughs> Unlike yep. everything else. Yep.